welcome to Transforming Minds, Transforming Lives, a podcast series of RCCG Living Spring Pittsburgh. Stay tuned for our senior pastor, Boyga Esson. We started a series called The Little Foxes. I'll be wrapping it up today. Songs of Solomon chapter 2 and verse 15. Songs of Solomon chapter 2 verse 15. The Bible says in Songs of Solomon chapter 2 verse 15, Catch us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. Catch us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. Well, I said here some time ago that Solomon had many wives, but there was a particular woman, the Shunammite woman. She was very dear to Solomon. And they had a special relationship. Out of all the many wives, this woman stood out. So they were discussing one day, they were telling each other that we should read out, we should catch the little foxes. Those little foxes, they spoil the vine, they destroy the vine. You see, the vine is a production center. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Everything comes from God, everything comes from Jesus. And the vine actually supplies nutrients to the branches. And the branches will shoot out the fruits. So everything is linked to the vine. If you are not linked to the vine, you're in trouble. You know? So the vine is the production center. The vine is how we have life. It is in him we live and move and have our being. So somehow, Solomon was a type of Jesus in this case scenario. And of course, this woman was a type of the church. So they were saying, look, let us catch the little foxes. Because if you don't catch them, they will spoil the vine. They will not allow the vine to produce the way the vine will produce. And you know, little things matter a lot. It is little angels that swing great doors. You know, that's what the Englishman tells us. So many times we confess the big sins, we try to repent of the big sins, but the little, little foxes destroying the vine of our relationship with God, we overlook them. It's so easy to overlook envy. It's very unlikely to go to God and say, Lord, I've been envious, please forgive me. People don't confess the little, little foxes, but they are sins of the heart. They are sins that people cannot see. Sins of commission are sins that you commit. When you commit murder, people know, and you go to jail if you are caught. You know, these little foxes, they don't violate the law of man, but they violate the law of God. If you are prideful, you don't go to jail because you are prideful. <laughs> Amen? You don't go to jail because you are ungrateful. So these little, little foxes, they don't violate the law of man, but they actually violate the law of God. There are blind spots in our lives. Everybody has a blind spot, and that blind spot you don't know. I mean, these days our cars will have what you call BSM. So anytime a car appears around that blind spot, your car will signal you that there's a car around that area. You know, so the blind spots, we don't see them. We don't see them as sins. We don't confess them. And whatever you don't confess, you can't repent of. For you to repent, you have to first and foremost confess and then ask for God for grace to repent. But because these sins are little foxes, they don't matter in our own reckoning, but they matter to God because they can destroy the vine. They can destroy. Nobody will go to God and ask God, say, Father, I'm sorry, I've been idle. Nobody confesses the sin of idleness. But if you stay in your house all day, 24-7, and you're watching movie all day long, you do that all the time, <laughs> you are idle. That's a sin. Because the time you're supposed to be using it to be serving God, to be thinking about God, doing productive things, you are just staring in the TV. Nobody confesses the sin of gluttony. You know, <laughs> that's a little fox. That's a big one. When you overeat, I mean, you are destroying God's temple. So, these little foxes, they are blind spots. 
that we don't think they are big things, but they are the ones that actually damage us the more. The Bible talks about the little, little animals, the little, little things. Proverbs chapter 30 talks about the spider. That as little as it is, he can skillfully find his way even to king's palaces. He talks about the ant. He said, go learn from the ant. As little as they are, they can build gigantic structures. So little things matter. Don't ever forget that. These little foxes matter. And these are things that damage relationships. The things that causes divorce, that causes uh, separation are not the big things. Yes, adultery can is a part of it, but other times, not just paying attention to your wife, she could be discouraged. Discouragement can damage a marriage where you are just discouraged. And nobody will go to God and say, Lord, I've been discouraged. Please forgive my sins. So the essence of this is to let us be aware of this and then to begin to work towards eradicating them in our lives. Is my prayer everything that is not of God in our lives will be checked out in Jesus' mighty name. So today we are talking about another little fox, bitterness. Our bitterness is very, very major. And of course, the opposite of bitterness is sweetness. When somebody is bitter, you can tell. Anna, the word Anna means grace. And this woman was so gracious in her tribulation. She had a woman who was a rival, and that woman pounded her so much. That woman grieved her so much. That woman embarrassed her so much. That woman insulted her so much. But the only thing that Anna was oozing out was grace. Anna means grace. When you squeeze a man, what is in the man will come out. Somebody said, no squeeze, no juice. So if I squeeze you, what comes out? When you squeeze some people, it's bitterness that comes out. Anna was squeezed. She was pressed to the wall. But what came out was grace. That will be your testimony in Jesus' mighty name. Bitterness is not good. When you are bitter, you also produce bitter children. When you have women who have been forsaken by their husbands, who life has dealt a big blow on them, please be careful. Please be careful. Allow God to heal you. You need to be healed. Yeah, I know. Don't transfer bitterness. Don't let bitterness fester in your family, in your home. No. Allow God to heal you. Out of bitterness can come sweetness. Mara. Naomi changed her name from Naomi. Naomi means pleasantness, mind you. She changed her name from Naomi to Mara, which means bitterness, if you remember the waters of Mara. So from Naomi, she became Mara. Mara became Naomi again. So this woman, life dealt a big blow upon her. She had every cause to be bitter. She left her country, Bethlehem, Judah. She went to the country of the Moab with her husband. In that country of the Moab, she had two sons, and the sons got married. Over like 10 years, the two boys died. The husband died, and she became bitter. So when she was going back to her own country, she got to her own country, and she said, look, I left this place full. I'm coming back empty. Life death a big blow on her. Yes, people that life death a big blow on, they can be bitter. Just like we saw in the life of Naomi, at times life can just be so cruel to you. But believe me sincerely, all things work out together for good to them who love God. Because if you look at the end of Mara, she actually became Naomi. She became the grandmother of King David. So if you allow God to do his work in your life, he will heal you and he will give you favorable outcomes. But bitterness is very major. People are bitter because of offense. Somebody offended them and they will not just shake it off. They can't just shake it off. They can't just shake it off. And the only way your prayers can be answered is if you stand upon the platform of forgiveness. In other words, you are not qualified to be forgiven if you not forgive other people. You are not qualified to be forgiven if you not forgive other people. That's it. I mean, you are owing somebody $1 billion and the person forgave you. 
Are you now refused to forgive somebody who's owing you hundred dollars? That's how these things are before God. Because Jesus Christ has forgiven our sins. All our sins were heaped on him on the cross of Calvary. Owing somebody one billion dollars and the person forgave you. Are you now refused to forgive somebody who's owing you hundred dollars? That's how these things are before God. Jesus Christ has forgiven our sins. All our sins were heaped on him on the cross of Calvary. So God has forgiven so much. He's not asking you to forgive just a little. Say, no, 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 this guy has offended me over my dead body. No, no, those are languages that shouldn't come out from Christians. Nothing should be over your dead body. Yes, a man left you. Yes, you suffered a heartbreak. Everybody has suffered that break at some point in time. I'm not belittling what you are going through. But please, allow God to heal you. Don't transfer bitterness. Bitterness is so easy to transfer. Look at that scripture, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15. Say, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. When you are bitter, it deflects grace. In other words, grace is coming to you. It deflects it off you. It deflects favor. It says here, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many be defied. Why do we have a society that is so broken these days? Because of broken parents. Bitter parents will produce bitter children. Broken parents will produce broken children. And God says, I hate divorce because it produces ungodly children for me. So be mindful. Yes, I'm not here to limit what damage has been done to your soul, but please allow God to heal you because you also need forgiveness. You need to be forgiven. How can somebody take away a billion dollar debt off your neck and you now refuse to forgive a hundred dollar debt? That is the height of ingratitude. How can somebody take away a billion dollar debt off your neck and you now refuse to forgive a hundred dollar debt? That is the height of ingratitude. If you can only see forgiveness from that angle, you will forgive. If you can see forgiveness from that angle, God has forgiven our sins. You will make heaven because your sins are forgiven. Because your sins are covered by the blood of Jesus. That's why you are making heaven, not because of your righteousness. God just chose to forgive. He just chose to declare those who are guilty as not guilty. That's grace. I mean, just chose to say, look, yes, even though you are guilty, but I declare you acquitted. That is grace. So if God would pour so much grace on you, how dare you to hold somebody in captivity in your heart? And how dare you? You are drinking poison and you are hoping the other guy is the one that will get injured. No, it's the guy who drinks the poison. Bitterness is poison. Because if you are oozing bitterness, that means your organs are also bitter. You are bringing out bitterness. That means everything within you is messed up. Bitterness. When you taste something bitter, you spit it out. Bitterness is not comely. <laughs> if you are born in bitterness, you have to be pitied. You need deliverance. And this is what will deliver you in the mighty name of Jesus. It doesn't matter. Yes, you may have been oppressed. You see people are oppressed. And they just go out, begin to pour venom on other people. You know, they're just mad. They see other people prospering. They are not happy. That's bitterness. We've had enough bitterness in the world. Please, we can't afford it anymore. We can't afford it anymore. Because people just damage. They destroy. They kill. Say, so be careful. Don't allow the root of bitterness spring up. Don't allow it to spring up. Whatever you can do to get it out, get it out. Whatever you can do. That woman in Ruth chapter 1 verse 20, Ruth chapter 1 verse 20 says, But she said to them, Don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Why do you call me Naomi? Since the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty has afflicted me. But she said to them, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. 
for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Why do you call me Naomi, since the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty has afflicted me? She was Naomi. Naomi means pleasantness. But after life, death, a big blow upon her, she became bitter. But look at the end of this woman, Ruth chapter 4, Ruth chapter 4, verse 15. And may it be to you a restorer of life, and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better than seven sons, has bore him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. Also the neighbor woman gave him a name saying, There is a son born to Naomi. And they called his name Obed, who is the father of Jesse, the father of David. And may he be to you a restorer of life. And that's my prayer for you. God will restore your life. And the nourisher of your old age. God will nourish your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, God will give you family that loves you. Who is better than seven sons as bore him. Your children will be better than seven sons in Jesus' mighty name. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. Also the neighbor woman gave him a name saying, There is a son born to Naomi. And they called his name Obed, who is the father of Jesse, the father of David. I'm sure you know the story very well. Ruth just said, look, I will just follow you. Your God will be my God. I will serve you. And as God will have it, God crossed the path of Ruth to a man who is called Boaz, who was actually a kinsman of Naomi's husband. In other words, God allowed Ruth, a daughter-in-law, to cross paths with Boaz who was a relative of Naomi's husband. Just like that, Boaz, a rich man, just married Ruth, and everything changed for the better. So by the time they had a baby, that baby was called Obed, that's the grandfather of David, it was Naomi that nursed the baby. It was Naomi that nursed the baby. And Naomi's latter end became so joyful. You see, one thing about God is this. He never told us there would not be troubles. No. But the end result, the outcome, the end of the believer is a win-win situation. Check out the life of people who suffered in the Bible, Job. The latter end of Job was far, far better than the former. Check out the life of David. David died a good old age. Abraham. You know, so whatever you are going through is for a reason. God is trying to squeeze bitterness out of you, squeeze envy out of you. So God allows us to go through things for us to be better and to improve. But at the end of it all, Believe me, God is faithful. He will bring you out. It doesn't matter how much you suffer. He said the suffering is just for a while. After you have suffered, it will perfect you. It will establish you. It will strengthen you. And it will set to you. That's what the Bible says. So never you think what you are going through is forever. No. You have to be gracious in your challenges. You have to be strong in your challenges. You have to know the God you serve. And if you know the God you serve, he will always bear you out. At times, we bring the trouble upon ourselves. We bring the trouble upon ourselves. We complicate our lives. And believe me, sin can complicate people's lives. That's why the Bible says the way of the sinner is hard. Amen? That's why we have to think of consequences before you get into sinful acts. People are eating gravel today because of their sinful acts. Whatever thing you sow, you reap. We keep asking God for mercy. Lord, don't let me reap what I've sown. But be wise. Stop sowing bad seeds. God changed the situation. He turned it around for this woman. Somebody who was Naomi became Mara, but she's back as Naomi now. And now you are talking about her today. It's my prayer people will talk about you. You will become a giant of faith. You will become heroic in the mighty name of Jesus. Well, I will just round up with this. Slothfulness is also another little fox. Being lazy. 
the Bible says in Exodus chapter 10, verse 18, say, because of laziness, the building decays, and through idleness of hands, the house leaks. Because of laziness, the building decays, and because of idleness of hands, the house leaks. Because of laziness, the building decays, and through idleness of hands, the house leaks. Because of laziness, the building decays, and because of idleness of hands, the house leaks. People are poor today. It is true that people are poor because they are lazy. The Bible says, I went by, Proverbs 24, verse 30, I went by the field of the lazy man, and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding, and there it was, all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. I went by the field of the lazy man, and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding, and there it was, all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. So I went by the field of the lazy man, and he spoke to me, because he was overgrown with weeds. He had so many backlogs. He was overgrown. He had so many backlogs. He doesn't do his responsibility as that when due, He's always having backlogs, always falling behind, always coming out late. That's the sign of laziness. It's a sign of laziness. The lazy man will not roast what he caught in hunting. In other words, he will go hunting, he will get a game. When he comes back home, he will not roast it, he will not cook it. That's laziness. He's always leaving jobs undone. There's also what you call mental laziness. Brain is better than brawn. <laughs> Amen. When brain makes you billions, brawn will just make you hundreds. And many people are mentally lazy today. You know why we can't even invest in the stock market? It's too complicated. You can't even read it. You know why some people are not real estate juggernauts? Because they haven't settled down to read to know how you can flip houses. That's why they are not rich today. So when you talk about laziness and poverty, it is real. People are poor because they are lazy. Mentally lazy. Some people are supposed to be in school now. They can't do school because, ah, it's too difficult. And you know, the brain is just like a muscle. If you don't exercise the brain, it will remain as it is. But when you begin to exercise the brain, it gets better and better and better. How many books have you read this year? You have been out of college now, we know, you know. How many books, self-help books have you read this year? Can you now see why we are suffering? Laziness. And God is not a magician. Some people, they use prayers to cover their laziness. They can pray for money tonight. You will still not bring food to your table. The Bible says if you do not walk, you don't have a right to eat. So some people use spirituality, they use it to cover their laziness. How many books have you read this year? How many self-help books? Why are you not an entrepreneur today? Ask yourself. Some of us, it's just because we can't just settle down and go through the ropes. It's too difficult for our brain to comprehend. We haven't trained ourselves. We are lazy mentally. Some people, the day they come out of school, that's the end of academics. They never open another book again for the next 10 years. It's all TV. It's all that. And when you watch TV too much, it dulls your brain. It dulls your brain. You know, that's why we should be careful our children. When you entertain, entertain yourself all the time. Entertainment, it dulls brain. It's good for you to read those difficult stuff occasionally. When you are reading, your brain cannot comprehend. Stay with it. Let the brain be frying. Stay with it. That's how people develop. And take that to the market world. Take it to the capital market. Take it to the real estate market. Take it to the internet market. Take it. People are making money. They're just having fun, thinking. Thinking and reading books. Attending conferences. Attending seminars. 
watching YouTube. The time they have, they're supposed to be productive, is just being wasted. Little fox, slothfulness, a word is enough for the wise. God will help us in Jesus' mighty name. You will prosper this year in the mighty name of Jesus. Your mental faculties are blessed. Every day we prophesy your mental faculties are blessed. Please put it to use. Your memory is blessed. Go put it to use in Jesus' mighty name. You will leave your prints on the sands of time in the mighty name of Jesus. These little, little foxes, God will take them out of your life. Every day you will die to yourself. And as you die to yourself, the life of God in you will blossom, will come out to the fore in the mighty name of Jesus. And for those of us who are actually bitter, keeping malice, God will heal you. You know, life is so short. People also are bitter because of little, little strife. We allow little, little strife to separate us, separate our families. Life is too brief to be offended by somebody. Before you know that, you now become elder statesman. It doesn't take long. <laughs> so if you now allow little, little things, little, little things, little, little things, you are worried about little, little things. No, 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 no. We are more than that. You are more mature than that. Tell your neighbor you are strong. Emotionally strong. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. And make sure you subscribe for more great podcasts.